Hello everyone. Welcome to our podcast, Parents for Education. Here we explore ways to improve our children's learning experience and our performance as parents. Before we begin, don't forget to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, where you can get more answers to your questions on education and become part of the community. Let's welcome Jim Zuers, a career educator and an international speaker. Jim will speak with us today about turning mistakes into motivation. Hi, Jim. How are you today? Hi, Bhavani. Good to be here. Oh, always fun to do yes. these podcasts. Yes. Today, today we got a very interesting topic: turning mistakes into motivation. Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah, obviously this is a, you know, we all want our children to be excellent in life. You know, we all want them to reach a high level and we want them to be very successful and things like this. And, you know, this requires, this can be a rocky road. You know, uh, the road to success is, is very, is rarely a smooth road. So we need to know how do we deal with those bumps in the road, the failures, the setbacks, difficulties, things like that. Yes, it's so true. And we see kids, you know, the moment they encounter a failure, they set back and they say, oh, I'm not going to try it again. And that's going to be the biggest drawback because that child could actually be excellent at the same job that he failed at. But, you know, we need our parents to be motivating and helping them to get through that failure. So what advice would you give to our parents, Jim, on this same uh, topic of how to motivate your child, especially when he's really very low and he has failed, you know? Usually parents say, okay, giddy up, it's fine, you'll do better next time. So what advice would we have from you? Let's hear it from the expert. All right, well, thank you. Thank you, Bhavani. Yeah, so I think first, the first thing to understand and to get the kids, kids to understand is not taking failure too hard, right? Like, don't be like, Oh, you failed. Oh, this, you know, like or like insulting the child or anything like that. You want to kind of keep it so that the so the child, you know, realizes that there was a failure like they try, you know, and they usually realize anyway, but that there isn't any extra force or emotion or disappointment associated with that. It's just like, okay, failed. Now we're going to keep, you know, get back on get back on the horse and keep riding, you know, and just keep keep persisting and trying and things like that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's good. Um, do you think, you know, it's going to be difficult for a parent to get this, get their child back on track? You know, like, let's say a child tried painting and he failed at it. So the mom or the dad says, okay, come on, let's get back. Like, as you said, but do you think he will be motivated enough? Or when do you think uh, a parent really knows, okay, um, he is self-motivated? Yeah, that's a good question. It's a, it's, it's a slow path, I think, for, for most children. I mean, some kids are just real go-getters. And they just get out there and do everything and are very fast and smart and able at things. But in general, it takes kids a long time to learn something. And I think that's the important thing. You know, the disappointment really only comes when there's that unrealistic expectation of, oh, I should just do it once and be an expert. You know, so developing in your kids a bit of a long-term view and developing with them the idea that um, 
it's going to take a long time to be great at something. And then what you want to do is you want to set up little little milestones along the way that show that they can see they're progressing. Because even if they're progressing slowly, if they feel they are making some progress, then they're going to be, uh, you know, then they're going to keep working at it and they'll be motivated to continue. Uh, to give you an example, you know, if a child was going to learn to play the violin and they went to the concert and they're like, oh my God, look, look at this guy on stage, you know, that's what I want to do. I want to sound like that guy. And then they, and then they get home and they take out the violin and it sounds like they're strangling a cat, you know, then obviously there's a, there's a big, a big gap between where they are right now and where they want to go. Right. So I think as a parent, one thing we can do is establish what are the, what are the small goals and the small milestones along the way to the top of the mountain. Like you're not going to go straight to the top of the mountain in one shot, but what are some of the smaller goals that we can accomplish along the way to getting good? So I think, um, Failures are stepping stones towards success really make sense, right? Like you said, small steps every time, you know, every failure is a step forward. Like you said, okay, set yourself a smaller goal. So go to the next step, go to the next step. Is that how we should look at it? Well, I mean, it's not that every step is a failure, right? It's that, you know, every step is an accomplishment, right? So if you, if you define with your child, you know, using the violin metaphor again, if you say, good, the first, the first goal is we're going to, you're going to learn how to hold it the right way, you know, and then you're going to learn how to hold the, the violin and the bow the right way. And then you're going to be able to play a single note the right way. And then you, and you, and, but you work at each step until the student has really accomplished that step and then move on. And then the student will, will see that they're actually progressing. And if you can lay out some of these milestones in advance, write them out on a piece of paper or explain them to the child. Like, okay, you want to be a good soccer player. You want to be a good football player. First thing we're going to have you do is, you know, be able to, you know, kick the ball all the way across the field and back, you know, dribble the ball up and back across the field. And then that's the first goal. And then the second goal is like, you know, being able to kick into the goal from, you know, five meters back and then from 10 meters back and you set these little targets for the student to accomplish or the child to accomplish and then they they feel their success they have that pride and it keeps them motivated if you just say okay we want you to you know if the child only knows you know a concert violinist and then they say well i'm never going to be that good then they get very you know discouraged and disappointed and wind up giving up that path. I get it now. You know, you. I mean, in short, you're trying to say that, you know, go like step by step. You know, take it at one at a time. Get get proficient in that little bit, then go to the next step. Get proficient there. Get better there. You know, I'm just thinking of myself. Uh, so you know, when I when I wanted to play an instrument, the same thing happened. You know, all of us want to be the best. So instead, set yourself a small milestone, achieve it, go to the next one, correct? Yeah, that's 100% correct. Mm -hmm. And part of that is not only that the student is accomplishing the milestones, but that they see that they're accomplishing the milestones, right? And so, you know, if they don't, you know, if, if you as the teacher, you know, oh, he's doing great, he's moving along, he's got all these things, you know, he's ahead of target of where he should be for his age or whatever. If you see all that, 
that's one thing. But if the child doesn't see it, then they're going to still be discouraged because they never feel like they've they've achieved those things until they until they see that they've achieved it. Like like by being acknowledged by the teacher, like look look at this or you know, here's a video of how you used to play the violin a month ago and look at how much better you are now. These little things that kind of give the child the, the idea that they're they're improving. Um, it gets into a concept, uh, it's called growth mindset, which was uh, researched by a professor at Stanford, Carol DeWick. And you know, the, the big thing that she discovered in researching kids and kids studying and people that were successful and things like that, is that you know that that persistence, the persi- the ability to persist with something, even though it's hard, even though it's difficult, it will actually people can kind of change their minds, they can change their abilities, they can change their talents just through persisting and sticking with something, and with the belief that they can improve. You know, the idea that somebody's just talented in something. Oh well, my son's not a talented musician, so he can never learn to play. Oh, my child's not a talented athlete, so they can never learn to be, you know, successful, you know, footballer. Well, then that viewpoint that you are what you are born with and you can't change and you can't grow beyond that is the limiting factor in a person's progress. So even as adults, the more we have the viewpoint of like, oh, well, I'm just not good at something. I don't have the talent for something. I mean, you may not have the personality or desire to do something. Like, I don't want to play the violin, so, I mean, but I don't think that I can't play the violin. Like, if I really wanted to, I'm sure I could play the violin. I'm sure I could learn it. Maybe I wouldn't be the fastest student at it. Maybe I wouldn't be the best violinist, but I know I could learn it just by, by persisting and sticking with it. And and that's the attitude we need to develop in our children. That Not that they're successful right away, not that they have a natural talent for something, but that with time and effort and persistence, they can master pretty much anything. So that's really great. Persistence is the word, I suppose, right? Yeah. Yes, it's true. It's 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 the biggest factor of, of somebody being successful or not. How persistent can they be? Or do they give up easily? Do they quit quickly? Things like that. Also, quoting uh, you know Malcolm Gladwell in his book Outliers, he talks about you know to become really expert, and most people that are really expert have put in like an average of like 10,000 hours into a, into a subject, right? And, and people, people, you know, that's often quoted and things like this, but you know, I mean, 10,000 hours is a lot of hours. Like, you know, I mean, that's like, that's like putting in some real time learning to be good at something. And if you think about it, um, you know, that'd be like three hours a day for 10 years, okay? So if you're, if you start playing the piano at 20, maybe, you know, by 30, maybe you're amazing. Maybe you're a virtuoso, you know, because you just stuck with it and practiced that and put in the time, put in the hours. And the same is true for any skill, computer programming, art, artistic skills, writing. Can you imagine if you wrote three hours a day for 10 years? I mean, I bet you'd be a pretty damn good writer by the end of that, you know? Um, But one of the things he also stresses in there, right? And this is a fact that gets overlooked a lot is that it's not only putting in 10,000 hours into a subject, but putting 10,000 hours into a subject with feedback. Meaning like I wrote I wrote a story and then I had people read it. And then they told me, well, I like this, I didn't like that. I don't like, you know, I don't like your plot line. I don't like how it ended. You know, you take that feedback as a constructive criticism. 
and then you go back and write some more and you try to improve yourself and you write some more and try to improve yourself. So, you know, these, these things we consider failures are really just opportunities to see where we can improve. And I think that's the important thing. You know, if, if you go, if, if you really like want to be like, imagine you want to just be like, again, like a top race car driver. You want to be a top Formula One driver. And if you just go around the track a thousand times doing it the same way, making the same mistakes, you know, operating the car inefficiently, running out of fuel too soon because you're not, you know, managing things. If you do all this just over and over and over, well, you're not going to improve no matter how much time you have. But if you have a coach and you have a team and you have guys on your side and maybe a mentor saying, well, this is what you need to do better. It's good. You're kind of at level one. Now to get to level two, you need to improve uh, how you how you go around the corners and how you come come into the straightaway and things like that. And so it's it's putting in the time, putting in the hours, but also getting feedback and constantly correcting and learning. And each time you're corrected or learn or you learn something or a teacher says, well, you need to do this better. You know, if a student looks at that as a failure, then they're going to become discouraged. But if they understand this is the pathway to becoming great, then then that that constructive criticism becomes um, a benefit to the person as opposed to just being something that discourages them. Yes. So so you I understand that valuable feedback actually makes the person who's taking it, you know, understand the nitty gritties of wherever he's going wrong and get better and better and better. Yeah. With an adult, it's, e I mean, even there, I don't know whether it's easy, but with a child, how do we make the child understand? Like, I mean, you already said it is the path, you know, they have to take the path and then they have to understand that this is the path to success. And on your way, you get your feedback, the 10,000 R rule, plus everything, you know. But how do we make a child understand that, especially now, let's say he needs to take up music. And, um, you know, we, we see, we come across gymnasts who say, I put in so much of hours, like all their time is only on training, 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 training. Is that how it's done? Or do you, I mean, let's not talk about becoming a professional, but even somewhere there. A little lower than that. How do we get our students motivated all the time? <laughs> that's a good. That's a good point. So the first thing I would never tell a child that they had to put in ten thousand hours into anything, because then they would just give up. And they would try nothing if they said, "Oh, ten thousand hours." That is completely an unrealistic number for a child, right? It's like, oh my God, that would never, never happen, you know. However, um, I, I think, you know, one of the things we like to do, like with our kids, you know, talking about music again, is we go, oh, we try to inspire them by taking them to a concert and trying to get them to, oh, listen to this virtuoso and listen to this person. And I think that's a good first step. But I think if you do that too much, uh, then it can become like just overwhelming for the person. Like they'll just be like, oh, I'll never be that good. I just can't do it. I tried and I failed. But if you imagine... I, I think that's a good place to start where you kind of explain, you know, you show the student, this is how high you can go. This is the, this is the best in the world at something. This is what you should try to go for. But then after that, you start to show them also, honestly, people, you know, you start to establish lower goals that they can't accomplish. 
You know, they go, okay, well, your first thing is to be, I don't know, the best best violin player in our house. You know, so you're better than your brother and you're better than your mom and you're better than your dad. Okay, good. That's the first goal. And then maybe you become the best violin player at your school that you go to, um, your music school. And now he accomplishes that. And then you kind of, again, by setting these lower milestones, I think it gives a chance for a student to win and to be successful. But I think you have to explain to the student too, like, you know, the child, you know, if you show him, if you show him or her, like, okay, here's this great violinist on stage, and you say, okay, would you like to, would you like to be that good? Would you like to play that good? And if they say yes, they would, then you say good. So, what's going to happen is now we're going to, you know, we're going to put you in violin lessons. You're going to need to stick with it. You're going to need to do your practices. You're going to need to work hard at it. But at the same time, you know. To get to be great, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stopping points. There's a lot of milestones on that pathway to be great, you know. And, and do it and explain it a bit like I like I said, like okay, first step is just like going to your lessons and showing up and doing your assignments and homework. The next thing is like whatever, like being good at like how you hold how you hold your posture and how you hold the violin and how you hold the bow, things like that. And then the next step is like how do you uh, draw the bow across the strings to make, you know, a single note. And so you can do a single note perfectly over and over and over, you know, and then you just kind of build that up with the student piece by piece. And so that they have lots of wins and lots of successes on the path to greatness. And not just, it's not just a binary yes or no, good, failure, you know, or success. If I don't play as good as like, you know, the best violinist in the world, then I have failed. You know, so it's it. You don't want to set up that kind of a goal for the student because that's just that's that's going to be just a life of frustration. But if you do set it up about that that they are there, like they're there to beat themselves. Now, I'll give you an example of this. Um, I do a lot of long distance running, right? So I'll do like I'm training for a marathon right now. I've done uh, three half marathons in the last three months, so I'm doing some a good amount of long distance running. And when I go out to run, I'm really running against myself. Okay, there's a lot of other people. Sometimes there's thousands of people in the race, but I'm there. I know what I'm capable of, and I and I have my own goals. And when I, you know, when I run, you know, when I run according to my running time, and I feel good at the end of the race, and I'm not overstrained, and I don't feel like like I injured myself or something like that, then that's a good run, and that's a success. And that keeps me motivated to continue. If I was only going for like, well, I have to win the race and all I want to do is beat everybody else, all these other, you know, 5,000 people in the race and I'm going to beat all of them. I mean, I would, I would probably quit after the first one because I'd be like, oh yeah, there's no way. There's no way I'm going to get, get that fast or that, you know, that kind of thing. So again, like, I, I think that's, that's a, like a key point is Again, that the student sees that they are progressing. If the student sees they are progressing, they will continue with it. If they can't see that they're progressing, because like even when they are making progress, maybe it doesn't get acknowledged. Maybe they're making a little bit of progress and the teacher's like disappointed because the teacher feels they should be making a lot more progress. So the teacher's maybe a little harsh or doesn't acknowledge the, the small wins when they occur then that can be very discouraging for the student and then they wind up, you know, hating the, hating the subject. This is really great, uh, Jim. 
I have one question here. Like uh, now we're talking about, you know, how a parent can motivate the child by following all that you said. Is there yeah. a quitting point at any point for a child? Is there any time? What if he genuinely wants to quit? And then how would the parent know that? Should he still keep pushing the child? I, th I think that's a great, a great question. Okay, because I think because that is the thing. Like, mm -hmm. like, and at the same time, you know, maybe just like you know, listen. Not everybody's gonna be a ballet dancer. You know, no matter how much time you're gonna put into it, you know, something like that requires a certain genetic, genetic body type and, and things like this. You know, and um, and so there are there are there are times where somebody's on a path that they're really not suited for. So I would say. I would say the times to not quit are just times because it's difficult, times that the student is feeling very discouraged and just wants to quit and hates it. I think if that's the mindset, then you need to kind of help them get going and you know figure out how to be more successful at that point. And then once they're kind of going and they're doing well at it, then if they want to quit while they're doing well, they're going to leave that with good experience and look forward to either returning to that someday or going into a new subject without being, you know, having this burden of lots of past failures. So I think part of it is you don't want the person to quit when they're failing, which seems kind of like counterintuitive. So I would say if a student is doing well at something and then still doesn't want to do it, I think that's a good time to quit because they're not just quitting from the emotions of failure and things like that. Um, and I think with that same mindset, there's another time to quit, which is when there's something better to do, you know, based on, you know, yeah, the, you know, yeah, like, like, okay, good. I could like, like for me, for example, like I said, like I could learn to play the, like play the violin if I wanted to put in the hours and the time and things like that. But there are other things that I find more valuable ways to use my time. So, you know, that's, that's kind of a, a good, a good time to give up on something and maybe follow another path. But if the, if the person's just quitting to do nothing, I would say that that's not a good, a good mindset for quitting. If a, if a person's quitting because they've just failed and they keep failing, well, let's see what we can do to get them to the point where they're having some wins and doing okay at it. And then they could quit, you know, they don't have to, um, be be an expert but i think quitting when you've when you've completely failed or you just had a loss like then you then it kind of shuts it shuts the door for you in the future for taking on new skills and talents yeah so that's um so you say don't quit when you are failing okay i think, you leave I think that's it right when you have yeah that's good yeah, yeah. otherwise it's got an impact on your mind and you don't want to come back to it at all it's more of a fear factor that's yes. really great, um, Jim. Thank you. I think today you've given us a lot of, you know, pointers on uh, how, why we should um, never let mistakes turn into, you know, giving up and mistakes should turn into motivation. Parents should be motivated to get their kids to keep going without giving up. It's really interesting. Uh, uh, Jim, would it would it be re uh, it would be really nice if you could actually take us through these steps, just like pointers, like for example, I've got them here. Like take one step at a time, you know. Don't yeah. take long, long goals. 
and you said feedback taking positive feedback you know yeah. and making the child understand yeah sure let, let me let me run through it again because we covered a lot in a very short amount yes, of time that'd be yes yeah yes so yes. so first thing i would say it's good to have a clear goal in anything so i think it is good to show the student this is what a great painter this is what you know this is artwork by a great painter this is music by a great musician this is a you know business run by an excellent business person, right? So I think showing a goal and 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 uh, something to strive for is great. Then the second step to that is making your child understand to get to that level of greatness. There are many steps that will take you there, and it's not instant and it's not overnight, and you're not just born with all this talent, but it's something you can develop. So then you can kind of describe for your student the different you know, milestones along the way that should be accomplished and the milestones that should be worked with, with, um, with the, you know, to accomplish the, the high level, the great greatness level. And then I think, you know, explaining to the child, you know, the, the element of hard work and persistence and how that plays into success. And I think a lot of kids will understand it. You know, when they're frustrated and they're upset, they're not going to want to continue. They're going to whatever. But I think when they're in a calm state of mind and they're rational, most kids will understand that, you know, anybody who's great at something has put in a lot of work at that. And you can kind of build that up in your children. And I think, you know, also having, you know, just getting rid of that idea that some people are just born as good musicians and some aren't. I mean, I will say probably some people have maybe more a talent or more affinity or something like that. But at the same time, I'd say 90% of the job can be done by 90% of the people and I think for have a have you know sort of just having that growth mindset that people can learn and that failure is actually an opportunity to improve so oh you fail at this oh look you know that's that's great now we know what you don't know let's teach you that thing so you don't fail in that way again you know and and kind of build this build the student up like that and then I think you know, there's, you know, there's that point of like, when, when is, when is enough enough? When has a child worked at something? Uh, they're not really progressing. It's not going down the path they want, want it to go. So I think, you know, you want to make sure that they're not in, in the middle of a failure. Like they didn't just, they didn't just lose a soccer match and then decide to quit, or they didn't just, you know, have a bad performance on stage and then decide to quit. You know, let's get them through those failures so that they develop that, that winning attitude and the idea that they can learn and overcome mistakes. And then from there, once they're kind of in a good place and not doing poorly, then look at, then, you know, then you can bring up the topic again of do they want to continue with this or would they rather, you know, take up a new talent or activity? Thank you very much, Jim. Today's topic was really, really useful. I think all our parents who are following us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts are going to be really happy to learn how to deal with failure and this is something which every parent needs. Yes, and I would just I, I would just ask that people who do follow this, you know, give us a you know rate and review, give us a five star rating if you really liked it, or some kind of comments or review would be would be excellent. That really helps helps uh, get get the word out so more people can learn this. Yep. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Be positive sure. feedback feedback and using it, using it positively so that we can 
we can reach the next milestone. <laughs> so we learn from, from you. Thank and I just wish everybody, you know, <laughs> happy parenting and that as always, we want to make the next generation brighter, stronger, and happier than our own.